0: I had always sort of had an interest in writing lyrics and melodies as a kid. I
1: might have felt something in, Drawing me to you, drawing me in I might have felt something in. Oh, I might have felt something in.
2: Welcome back to Music at Three Pines, the podcast. My name is Brad Rayleigh, and this episode is a conversation with Brooke Annabelle. I first heard Brooke in 2017 at Folk Alliance. I walked in late to her official showcase and was just blown away by her voice. She played her house later that fall, and we've been fortunate enough to run into her several times over the years. As you will hear, she has a really unique and cool voice and writes great songs as well. Our conversation covers the pandemic, songwriting, as well as some discussion on constructing and producing an album. Brooke Annabelle,
0: we've been uh, going to the beach as much as we can, just to like look at the ocean and breathe. And yeah, that's the I think that's the benefit of living in this state.
2: What I've been actually asking people about, we've already talked a little bit, is just sort of how you're doing. You know, just this no nonsense. Um, how how has this this been for you and and then the second question, which you've kind of hinted at, and I know from just communicating with you and Nikki, is you know a lot of outdoor stuff, but kind of self care and how you're attending to that. Uh, partly, I'm looking for for tricks and and tips on. How to do that.
0: So. <laughs> well, good question. I think it's changed a lot throughout the the time that we've been in this, you know, what, what even works anymore to feel some sort of relaxation or relief early on, we were doing, you know, spa nights where we would just like relax and put on ocean waves and (laughs) um, just that sort of like quiet, calm, which anywhere we could find that at the ocean, you can hear real ocean waves Mm -hmm. in Rhode Island. So that, that was nice, you know, but then of course, the beaches were shut down for a while. So we couldn't even really go park at the beaches in Rhode Island. And um, yeah, I think it's it's like we've almost shifted into this, okay, new normal of trying to have a full work day and um, deal with everything that 2020 has been throwing at us. And, you know, like some days you just have to say, I'm going to go outside and do yard work because it feels better than <laughs> sitting yeah. in, at my computer right now. Or I FaceTime a lot with family and, um, cause my family's all in, in Pittsburgh, you know, I don't know if I have any tips. Mm. I'm like out of it, early in the pandemic, I would have had maybe had more, but I didn't even mm. know how long this would last,
2: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, a lot of what you're describing to me is exactly what I think this is all about. And we all find different ways maybe to get there, but it's a way of disconnecting, finding a way to breathe, which I find it's been really tricky the last couple of weeks here because we've had these fires outside of, of right. town and we're nowhere near as bad as Portland or other places have been. So I'm very mindful of that. But there have been days where just being outside is feels toxic. I mean, it, just, it you know yeah. the air quality. I don't think is terrible here, but it smells, and it just doesn't. It's not like you're enjoying yourself, you know. So, right. um, so you can't
0: even go outside and do yard work without being reminded that yeah, the world is on fire. Yeah, we've done a little bit of camping, and because it's all self-contained, you know. Right. So, um, and we have three dogs. Yes. As I know, you have four. Yes. Um, and so this is a new adventure for us in having two. Um. Teenage dogs and then one teenage puppy who is, you know, she's in that phase of like, I know what you want me to do, but I'm not (laughs) going to do it. Um, So, you know, going camping with dogs is, it's challenging, but it really gets you outside of your everyday. (laughs) Like you don't have time to sit down and read the New York Times daily briefing because the dogs have to be walked and, (laughs) you know, so yeah, that's a little bit of what we've done to stay sane, too. I don't know. I don't know if it's kept us sane, though, because it's a different kind of challenge. <laughs> I
2: I have also sort of come to the conclusion that sanity is overrated. So I'm not I'm not that's not the bar that I'm measuring. <laughs> this by. Survival seems to be a much better uh, goal. Well, um, I know you guys were planning a wedding this summer, and I'm really sorry about that. And it'll happen. And it'll yeah, be interesting. Uh, but I, I was thinking about you guys. For that. So.
0: Yeah, it was um uh, we had quite a lot of big plans this year. I had a European tour scheduled in April, which was the absolute, you know, it actually probably wasn't the worst timing that it could have it could have been scheduled for February and we could have been there. Right. You know, that, you know, got postponed and uh, is going to be canceled again. I mean, there's no way to have it happen. And yeah, and we were supposed to have a wedding. So instead, we bought a camper. We got a puppy, and uh, we <laughs> fully, uh, fully invested in going crazy. Yeah, I took the camper all the way to to Pittsburgh and parked it in my parents' backyard and camped back there for a couple days so I could see my family safely. It was just yeah. such, such such weird things that we we're <laughs> doing this.
2: Okay, let's let's talk about music. Um, I remember when you were you played our house, uh, like you said, three years ago, and I remember we were just sort of messing around getting set up because I had just gotten a new PA system and a new little mixing board, and you were, mm-hmm. and you you did not study music in college, but you studied something connected to music, didn't you?
0: Yes, I studied music business, which is kind of funny to me now um, because I studied. I got my degree between the years of 2005 and 2009. iTunes was just starting in the early 2000s. YouTube was invented in like 2005. Wow. And then Spotify didn't even exist. Right. So I always say, yes, I have a degree in I have a business degree in music business. But so much has changed. <laughs> so um, talking about having to like learn, uh, relearn your field as you go
2: right now now where was then that was after napster though right
0: yeah because napster and such were very popular when i was in high school okay Um, and i yeah so it was it was beginning but nobody really knew the extent of what it would look like yet
2: Um, yeah we're still waiting for that right i mean we're still waiting to figure out how this is all gonna so we talked about that part I remember you tell me a little bit about your and by the way what where did you go to school
0: I went to school at Belmont University in Nashville
2: so I I knew that you'd studied something related with business and as I recall at our house show I think there was like a college friend who lives in the area that came to the show maybe yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah she lives in Fort Collins
2: yeah so there was somebody who knew had heard you during college, so you had been playing out in Nashville some while you were there while you were in school.
0: yeah, I mostly played a lot in like campus events and things like that, but um but yeah, some shows off campus for sure um here and there
2: when did you so what but before that what's your obviously you had an interest in music, and I was reading on your bio that you know, I mean you have a family kind of legacy of of music. What was it? Your grandfather had a guitar shop that's still in operation. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Um, So my mom's dad was a musician and um, musician by night, but like carpenter by day kind of thing early on. And then he started giving lessons um, to local kids and then kids started asking, well, where can I get, Uh this guitar or this amp or this PA system. And he said, well, I can order that for you. And then they basically turned into a business out of their house. um, That then, you know, they moved into a a retail storefront in the sixties and my uncles and my mom all worked there. And then from there it just grew, you know, Um, and it's still in existence today. They do a lot of live sound work. So like, you know, there's, big festivals in Pittsburgh and they might provide the the sound system for that or the, the engineers for that. And that's actually how my dad ended up meeting my mom was he was a live sound engineer working for them. Um, and met, when he met her, an uncle that plays guitar, my grandfather played guitar. So when I, I had always sort of had an interest in writing lyrics and melodies as a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I thought, well, I really want to write Real songs, you know, I need to have an instrument. So, guitar was just a natural um, first pick. And I um, took lessons at the store, uh, at my family's store. The rest is, you know, kind of history. It was that first thing that I discovered as, you know, I was 14 or 15 that I thought, wow, I could really just like do this all the time. You know, this is a thing that I felt really confident about. And passionate enough mm-hmm. to be invested. You know, there had been other interests that had come and gone at that point. And that was, you know, that's around the time you have to start thinking about college and what right. you're going to do. And yeah, that's what led me to where I am now.
2: So the the question I have, you have one of the most unique voices. I just love it. I still remember the first time I heard of the Folk Alliance and I think I came in at the end of your official set. I was just blown away by that voice. so when did you obviously you're you 're you around musicians you 're around people that love music. It sounds like you were drawn first to lyrics to 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 writing songs but but that voice i mean did you did you always know you could sing that 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 was
0: that that's an interesting question because i you know I, I never really thought about it much. I was in choir in you know, elementary school, and then in middle school, and I really loved choir. um, But I never really had that, like, perfect choir voice. I always had a very breathy voice. And um, that wasn't really that was kind of frowned upon. And, you know, (laughs) in the technique side of things. But I I don't know, when I started writing songs, I think that's when I found, you know, that voice of, of mine that Though it didn't fit in what I had been doing in choir, it fit in in telling an emotional story in a song, and I just started singing.
2: Did you do any training, any vocal training? I mean,
0: um, I did have a vocal coach um, my senior year of high school for a couple of months, who really encouraged me to. I was always an alto in choir, and she um, encouraged me to explore more of you know my higher range and and push that. And, Uh um, which I, you know, I can credit her for, for helping me push those boundaries, I suppose. Thinking
2: about how you uh, remind me of several people I've talked to. It's, it's almost as if you're up there playing guitar, but your voice is a, is another instrument and you can add shape to, to the song and texture to the song without that part being words, actually. I mean, it's, it's Mm -hmm. about the shaping of the words or something in between and that's, that has to help if it's just you and a guitar up there. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. you've got, you've got a complexity there that I think some singer songwriters, you know, they're struggling, they're trying to figure out how to grab somebody's attention. So they'll listen to them, you know, and some of them do it by being a great guitar player or, or something like that. But uh, you, you, you do such a nice job of all of that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You do some um, uh, on guitar, by the way, you do some, don't you do some alternative tunings?
0: you know i did a lot when i was younger but i haven't so much hmm. um when i was in high school and stuff i really liked emo music <laughs> and a lot of that is in strange alternate tunings and i would learn those songs or make up tunings and you know i i was just trying to do things that would make people think i was good at what i did <laughs> when, you know when i was a teenager sure. um but i ha- yeah i haven't besides you know the plain old drop D or something. I haven't right. done much of that.
2: Cause I remember when we were talking here, uh, y- you didn't act as if you had a lot of, of like music theory background. Is that, is that correct?
0: Right. Yeah. I was, I, I mean, when I took lessons in guitar, I just wanted to learn my favorite songs and learn. A, and, and now looking back, I realized, you know, I wanted to learn the chords so that I could, have enough chords in my Mm -hmm. brain to write songs, but also it was learning about how the songs were put together and the structure and the flow of things. Um, And that's more what I focused on in my lessons, because I just was anxious to get to that part of writing songs instead of reading like Row or Row Your Boat or something. Right. Right. So, <laughs>
2: right yes, I mean, I think a lot of music education has evolved because they recognized how bored kids got with whatever it was that they were giving them, you know, scales yeah. that, that they couldn't figure out what to do with or. Um, but but I, I wanted to applaud you, by the way, that that and and I'm guessing that this was encouragement from your teachers and from your parents and everybody else to to be open to experimenting with different things on the guitar, because I, I find having played some how easy it is. I mean, I I get pretty fearful <laughs> outside of I've messed around with alternative tunings or some drop D or something like that. And man, I get lost so quickly. I just don't have a comfort yeah, level. So standard tuning is the only place I feel, you know, grounded. Um, and that, you know, has its limitations. And so uh, that's cool that you have that flexibility, that interest and in, and don't have it doesn't feel like there's a lot of boundaries there for you to that you could just explore where you were going with your voice or with your with your guitar. It's just me blathering. Sometimes
0: I wish I did know more in the Mm -hmm. theory world. Um, But it's like right now I've been writing and I have a little like MIDI keyboard. That's just like two octaves. And, and of course you can move the octaves and all that stuff, but I don't know piano, but it's been really cool to be writing a song and then try to play along on piano and finding where it is. And just like, learning that way a little bit. So who knows, maybe I'll get a full length keyboard by the end of pandemic
2: times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I see a drum kit back there. Is that?
0: Yes, we do have a drum kit. We, we um, got that last summer. Actually I had wanted to be a drummer before anything else, but I didn't, my parents did not really encourage that. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, you know, now I have my own house and I, we have the room. So there's a drum kit in the, so I play it every once in a while but I'm not I mean I don't really know what I'm doing I just it's the same thing I don't know what I'm doing on keys I don't know what I'm doing on the drums but it I'll you know record a demo and then I'll go play along to my demo yeah, and just see yeah. what feels good and that's sort of been my way of exploring for like the last year and a half
2: that's that's really cool well songwriting so you you started in high school uh was this a were you drawn to poetry did you was it just this was something that you could get kind of your emotional expression there you talked about being interested in emo music so your your songwriting started there in your teen years um and like i said did or the question is did you start with poetry and then you wanted to turn it into songs
0: well it's funny i started with lyrics and melodies like Mm -hmm. i was writing melodies to, to words when I was in elementary school, even, um, I can remember like singing my mom, like a song that I had just written about nothing, you know, about nothing that I had ever experienced. And that just, that interest just grew. And I did actually have a keyboard before I had a guitar and it had these like built in little loops of songs. And I started writing to those <laughs> and I was like, wait a sec! I can't do that. Like, this is not, uh, you know, I didn't write the music of right, that. So right. yeah, it was always, I think it was always melodies and lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then of course in high school, then it's like the processing of emotions was brought into that. And right. so, yeah, that's how it really, it really started was the focus on melody and lyrics and then bringing the guitar and, um, I feel like I'm not sure if I answered your question.
2: No, <laughs> you did. I, I'm I'm curious about your development as a songwriter because I'm sure the way you approach songwriting now is has to have some differences than when you were a teenager. I mean, you have more life yeah. experience. You have more observate. You've been around a lot of uh, songwriters. You've I don't know if you've gone to any um, song schools or anything like that about songwriting.
0: Well, I did actually go to a berkeley songwriting workshop Mm. the summer before my senior year of high school which that was part of like a school senior project where Mm i wrote and recorded an album um (laughs) my senior year it's changed a lot but but it's hard to even remember how i would sit down and start a song when i was a teenager you know it was just kind of i feel like i remember writing lyrics in like chemistry class and then taking that home (laughs) and sitting in my room and and writing something, and now it's more of like a, at least in in the past couple of years, as I've been trying to write my next record, I just have all these voice memo ideas. Mm and i have to go through them and like say okay is this ha- is this have any en- this going to go anywhere you know more like a puzzle that i'm putting mm-hmm. together now than like a flow of emotions like it was right. when i was younger
2: i've interviewed a few people some of whom start completely with lyrics and some of whom start completely with with melody or hook it sounds like what you're saying is that they are coming at the same time. There, there's a, there's a, a a lyric line and a melody line that kind of, so in those voice memos, it's not you just saying uh, uh, a lyric line, it's singing something. Is that right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes they, there's no words. It's just sort of like a, Mm. this is, I, I don't actually know what I'm talking about yet, but I like this phrasing and then i'll have to sit down and figure out what it is that i want to write about or that i'm that i'm feeling and and you know it's interesting i think if we had if we had spoken last week at this time i probably would have had not figured this out yet but last week like wednesday thursday friday i was sitting down trying to focus on writing and i was i've been working on two different songs throughout the week that they didn't feel like this emotional revelation, right? Mm-hmm. But there was something interesting about the melody that kept me writing the songs and wanting to finish them. And, and I realized like not every day has to be this emotional, deep revelation of epic songwriting like I want it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then after working on those songs for a couple of days, I heard just this piece of another song that sparked this uh, new idea. Hmm. And I came downstairs and pretty much wrote like the whole song, which does not ever happen, wrote the whole song, like without, you know, editing myself at all and felt that like, okay, this feels really, uh, I feel very emotionally connected to this song. Hmm. And I thought that's when I had this that revelation a little bit that was like, Okay, if I just work on these other songs, it's kind of like working the muscle of mm. of um, songwriting until that moment arrives where the, the stuff I really want to write arrives in my mind. <laughs> it's been hard throughout the pandemic to focus on writing about something <laughs> and to know what you want to say or right. what you're feeling that day. It's mm. just like overwhelming, you know? So... I'm just glad that I had that week in between um, when we started, you know, talking to when we actually talked uh, on this podcast so that I could find that new understanding. And I'm sure I'll still have some days where I'm like, you know what, this is what I'm working on is garbage. And I'm going to just go take the dog for a walk. (laughs)
2: Yeah. yeah. One, one, one songwriter, I don't know if you know, Hope Dunbar, she's in Nebraska, uh, she I was listening to a podcast she was doing and she said something about her advice to other songwriters was never throw anything away. Because it's almost sort of what you just described, is that you were working on a couple different things, neither one of which was really kind of headed in the direction you wanted, but it led you someplace. You know, and so that's a yeah. snippet of that or a lyric or a or a hook or something. And that's that's so these ideas. Do they, I mean, like if you're just, you know, having lunch or walking with a dog or something like that, something will come to you. Do you, you pull out your phone and just, and, and, and get that down as soon as you can? Do you ever have to excuse yourself from, from the table to say, I need to go
1: do this?
0: You know, it's never usually in a situation where I have to like walk away from something I'm doing, but if I'm like, you know, cooking or something and I have an idea, I will like sing it into my phone and be, get back to my cooking and then right. listen to it tomorrow, you know? Um, but a lot of times lately it's just been like, okay, I'm trying to write a song. Mm. Let's see what happens. And then I record something into my phone. And then that just creates this long list of little, (laughs) little ideas that I have to go through and like rate, you know, that you can give them five stars or whatever. And I'll be like, this is okay. This is better This, you know? So just a mental note for myself later that if I need some inspiration that day, here's an idea.
2: Yeah. And then I love that, but I don't, I didn't think I realized you could do that on voice memos. That's awesome. There's
0: actually a thing called music memos, which is even, it's even better because it like, sometimes it's not correct, but it will show you the chords that you're playing even. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And there's, it's really a funny thing on here where you can add drums to it and it'll just play drums along and it's terrible, but
2: um. (laughs) you should, you should record one of those just for your, (laughs) for your fans, you know, having that computer and that phone handy to be able to record that idea is so helpful Mm -hmm. because the other thing you're talking about is letting your brain kind of, you know, by focusing on cooking or gardening or walking the dog or whatever, you know, you kind of have your brain freed up to kind of explore and, um, I know that from when I was writing in for my dissertation and um, I would often come up with an idea as I was mowing the lawn. Whereas when I was sitting in front of the computer staring at the words, you know, I couldn't get there, but if I had my brain partly distracted, you know, it was, it was helpful.
0: Yeah. And I think like this weird time that we're in has also been helpful for, really recognizing when you need that space mm. you know instead of forcing yourself to push through something like you know go go do something else and think about something else right. for a minute
2: now when you sit down you've got an idea that you you think needs to be fleshed out needs this this needs to be turned into the song that i'm i'm hearing or wanting to hear I'm guessing this is going to vary, but do you have a sense of, I mean, you said this one that just sort of flowed out the other day Then, then that never happens. So what is your normal kind of, you say you have an idea from this conversation and record something later then and, and start to work on it. I mean, are we talking uh, weeks maybe that it might take to kind of flesh out this song or days or does it vary?
0: It really varies. And I think a lot of things I've been struggling with lately are, you know i'll have a song that i've is mostly written but i i know a song is done when i can play it from front to end and it it would be something that i could perform for an audience and i would know how every transition goes and how it ends and there's a lot of those little details that have been really a pain in the neck with <laughs> songs i've been working on this year and then there are those other songs that are just like oh, this just naturally flows to this and great. And here it's done. And and it's interesting, like the song that I wrote last week, it was about so many things that have been heavily weighing on my mind throughout this whole time. Somehow wasn't able to write about or process. And all of a sudden it just like, you know, it was in there. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I have to just remember sometimes that it's in it eventually another song will come. Like <laughs> we can sit here forcing it all day because it's our right. job to make music, but um, you know, eventually something will come that will make you feel mm-hmm. reconnected. I think.
2: Yeah. I think trusting that is, is, and I, and I'm, I say that with sympathy because I can understand that there are times when you don't feel like they're coming. That can be, I remember reading Roseanne Cash talking about just having this fear that, you know, she co- couldn't write or something like that. And, and so I'm, I'm very mindful of that and just so want to encourage just to trust that because I, I love what you've done. So I know that uh, learning to trust that process I'm, I'm thinking for you has been a big part of, you know, getting better at the craft.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm thinking about the last time when I finished my last record I feel like that was the point where I was like, I could probably have written like 10 more songs, you know, that, that those couple of months, because you're just sort of in this Mm. creative mode. Um, And I will, I think I will never again, let those months go by without actually tapping Mm. into that because (laughs) when you shift modes from creating a record Mm -hmm. to promoting a record, and then you have to go back to creating and you're not in that mindset, and I know there are some artists that probably don't really shift that much, but I feel like I kind of do and I go from you know creative to business mode or something um and then it's hard for me to get back in the uh swing of of what I actually am doing right know?
2: when you when you go into the studio with those uh have you have you produced your own or are you uh, have you had somebody else be the producer
0: um I have had a couple of different producers on my records. The last record was with Sam Cassier, who uh, he's the, he plays keys in um, Josh Ritter's band oh, and yeah. has produced a couple Josh Ritter records and, and probably several other artists that, that, right. you know. Um, and before that was a friend in Nashville that I worked with. And yeah, so bef- I feel like my process prior to going into the studio has changed as I've learned more about like Mm. what I need to be ready to do in the studio. And my last record, I did a lot of demoing things at home, just on GarageBand then now I have Logic and like a little setup that is a little more professional, um, (laughs) which I've been grateful for. But yeah, I did a lot of home demoing with, you know, trying to say what is the vibe here Mm. before I go into the studio it always comes to life when you bring in other people that Mm. hear the song for the first time and say, this is what I see happening in this song that I couldn't have seen, you know?
2: So, so these songs going into the recording and coming out, some of them are going to sound different.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about some of the songs on my last record, like a song like glow, um, that was just like, an acoustic feel good song. And then we turned it into sort of like an almost electronic pop song yeah. in the studio. And, and that was, you know, I was really inspired by that kind of music around that time. Some artists like, you know, Sylvan Esso, I don't know if you've listened to much I'm, of them, but, um, and, and so we just had a lot of fun with that song. Um, and it went, you know, I, I always wonder what it would be like to have taken a song and went and recorded it, three different times Mm -hmm. with different people to see and like kept sort of my total input out and just see what happens. Uh (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's all, I love that process, that part of the process where the song kind of comes to life and sometimes you have to change it, but sometimes it's like, wow, I never would have expected it going there.
2: Now, did you, When you play Glow before you record it and when you play Glow after you record it, do you play it now as a soloist? Do you play it different?
0: Um, Probably a a little differently. Mm. I mean, I, I, it kind of depends on the setting and, Mm. but yeah, the core of the song is still there, you know, like every song that I recorded didn't change so dramatically that I can't play it just me and the guitar. Right no matter what setting I'm in, I can go back to that.
2: Yeah. So uh, one more question about the recording. When you went in to record the the most recent album, did you have more songs than ended up on it or did you have a pretty much sense of the uh, the songs that were going to be on that album?
0: So I had sent Sam, the producer, you know, just a folder of, of demos and we did this record in a couple of different chunks of time. Like we started in, in March and we did two songs and I think we had picked those two songs from maybe five, you know, and then we went in in June again and we did, you know, a couple more songs and, and, and then went in in August again and did a couple more songs, but there were definitely a couple that I had demoed out that didn't make the cut, but it wasn't like, you know, a hundred songs and we picked 10. It was more like, you know, maybe 18 songs and we picked 11 or something like that. Yeah
2: two more quick questions on songwriting and then maybe we'll talk about an actual song but have you worked from prompts and the other question is have you done any co-writing
1: hmm
0: so prompts meaning like this is what the song should be about yeah. i have done a little bit of that in like the film tv sync hmm. world where you know the the company that i'm working for at the time will say this, these are, this is like a general idea of what a lot of TV shows are looking for, or this is a movie that's looking for songs. I've never written a song from a prompt that has actually been used in TV or film. But long time ago, uh, the woman I was working with at the time was like, you know, every time I go to talk about this, I forget the name of the movie, Twilight. Oh, yeah, you know, the, the saga. Um, Twilight 3 is looking for songs, and I was like, I've never seen Twilight, maybe I'll watch it, see what happens, try to write a song. Who it's like, doesn't what does it hurt? So, I wrote a song, recorded the song, didn't end up in Twilight clearly, but it I liked the song, and it's on my EP from 2013, and it's called Tragically Beautiful, and that Song was really i mm. i really loved that song so some good things come from prompts i suppose and um have i done co-writing a little bit as mm. well just probably about as many times as i've written from a prompt i've done a little bit of co-writing when i was in nashville with a few friends or one time my licensing person hooked me up with you know someone else who was looking to co-write and but, I've, but usually for me, writing is a very like solitary mm-hmm. process. So it's not that I'm not open to it. It's just mm-hmm. that I've never, I don't know, it gives me a little bit of social anxiety, I suppose.
2: Well, it's, to, it's a very intimate thing that you're doing. Yeah. And to, to share that with somebody else, I can absolutely uh, understand that.
0: Yeah, I, I think I've been thinking more about co-writing during this time specifically because... I've always thought it would be fun to be sent like a a track, a piano track or something and, and write to that just because sometimes I'm like, I'm tired of writing to my guitar. Like mm. I, I want, you know, a different sound landscape to work with. And so I might explore some of that. I think that could be really fun. And then it's sort of like, you're not really in an intimate space
1: mm-hmm.
0: with the words or the meaning or whatever. It's just, it's more so like you're, each contributing a part to the whole, you know. Well, thanks again for having me on the Music at Three Pines podcast. I figured I would play you a song that I released this past summer. Um, It's called Home Again. It came out on my would-have-been wedding date, and um, it is actually about the beginning of our relationship. And so I hope you enjoy uh, this home recording of Home Again. Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Oh, what a great song. Thank you, Brooke. I've got three different questions to ask you sort of about music, and um, I find these kind of fun. So the first one, for you, who is the songwriter that makes your jaw drop? And that can be somebody, you know, a contemporary writer or, uh, um, you know, but who is that? You know what I'm talking about. When somebody, there's a lyric line that just, you go, woof.
0: Yeah, that is like, that's like the, the hardest question ever. But I think, I think the first person that comes to mind as far as that goes would be Elliot Smith. Um, mm-hmm. because I've, I discovered him in high school and he had already, um, passed away at that point. Mm-hmm. And I remember this was in the time of, you know, burned CDs and, uh, I, it was actually at that Berkeley songwriting workshop that I mentioned. I had this friend who burned me three CDs and I don't even remember who the other two were because one of them was Elliot Smith. And I just was like, wow, what, you know, what is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, just have loved his music ever since.
2: You may have answered this second question, but this is, but actually I'm going to turn this into two parts. When somebody says, what kind of music do you do? Do you, do you, what do you say?
0: Um, I usually say some sort of co- combination of singer, songwriter, pop folk, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because those are the most accessible, you know, yes. easy to easy to understand terms. But I have always struggled with what I s- sound like because yes. a lot of people either say, well, this isn't this enough, or this mm. is too this. Right. And yeah. so I don't really have this set box that is really easy to
2: nor should to you, by the explain. way. Nor should, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean it is, that's, a, that's a completely flawed, you know, I, and I even say that advisedly, because you sound you sound like Brooke Annabelle is who you sound like, and <laughs> you know that's, <laughs> that is perfectly uh, amazing. If you think about this is the second question is there music outside your own kind of how you see yourself in, in, in what you're creating that really influences what you do? Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it could be anything. It could be hip hop. It could be Broadway. It could be um, I mean, whatever. I mean,
0: man, that, these are hard. These are rapid fire questions. They're yeah, but they hard. don't have to be
2: rapid fire. You're, you're, you're free to take your time. <laughs> That's why I learned how to edit. So,
0: so is there music outside of what I do that really influences, I mean, my first CD that I ever owned after I got a disc man was Will Smith big Willie style, you know, like I've never really had like one genre. That's been mm. my favorite, mm. you know? So I suppose, you know, like pop, like pop music. Yeah. I re- there's a lot of really good, there's a lot of terrible pop music, but there's some that's just really incredible. And I don't think I'd, I think, you know, without having listened to so much pop music as a kid, would I have been so influenced to love melodies, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: just that there are such things as songs that lack melody and mm-hmm. I, I can't get into that stuff. I need to have something to grab me in that way. So maybe that's a, that, yeah. that's an answer to that yeah. question.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, do, you, do you still listen pretty widely? I mean, do you listen to a lot of different stuff?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as like listening to pop, I mean, I don't know who doesn't listen to like Taylor Swift or Katy Perry these days, <laughs> but yeah, I, I listen to a lot of different in indie pop things like like I was mentioning like mm-hmm. Sylvan Esso or Haim or mm-hmm. uh, just, yeah, I just love love that stuff.
2: Okay, the final question, again, this is, and I will admit that I, uh, this has changed a little bit, and you'll understand when I ask the question. Do you have a guilty pleasure music? And I say that feeling really guilty, asking people to feel guilty about music that they like. But is there something that, and the other way of framing it would be something that maybe your fans might be surprised that you listen to.
0: Another good question. I have just pulled up my my playlist just to see like, what have I, what do I listen to these days? Cause it's like you, your mind always kind of blanks when you, when you get asked these questions for some reason, I just gave away that I sometimes listen to Taylor Swift. And
2: I, I don't and, uh, you don't have to don't feel think, guilty. I mean, like I said, it's I don't just, think I
0: feel guilty about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's anything that anyone would be surprised Yeah, that I listen to, you know, I mean, there are some hip hop artists that I really love that, that, I don't know if that surprises anyone these days. There's amazing hip hop music and, and, um, yeah, it just kind of depends on what mood I'm in.
2: Is there anything that's come out during the pandemic, by the way, that's just been like, that you've just loved or.
0: Yeah. I've been listening a lot to this record by a guy named Dan Kroll. Um, he's, british but lives in la now i think but just like the just the sound of the record i've been really drawn to mm. um he has a song on the record that is about meeting paul mccartney and how he mm. wishes he could have that opportunity back <laughs> which i just thought was just like a really interesting yeah thing to write about you, but yeah
2: how do you spell um, that last name
0: let's see it's c-r-o-l-l
2: oh okay Yeah,
0: yeah, but then also uh, Margaret Glaspy put out a record this year that I love and Laura Marling put out a record this year that I love and Haim. So, you know, those have been my sort of um, go-tos a couple of times this year. And another record I I should mention that came out this year, but it feels like it came out 20 years ago because it came out in January um, is this Canadian singer-songwriter Andy Schauf. And I feel hmm. like he has been one of the biggest influences on my writing in the past couple of years. Um,
2: How do you spell that last name?
0: Uh, S-H-A-U-F. I could be saying it wrong. I'm not sure if it's oh, Shauf okay. or Shauf because yeah. I've never actually heard him say it out loud. But <laughs> Well, first
2: of all, thank you so much for doing this. And I am so grateful that that we met you at, at Folk Alliance. And I'm also so grateful that we've gotten to see you And Nikki several times since you played our house I mean that's been you know it's like every time it's just like seeing an old friend and it's just been lovely that was one of my highlights from New Orleans was turning around at the bar I was getting a beer or something around there's Nikki (laughs) and I was like oh it just made me happy so doesn't that um, also
0: feel like a decade ago my god yes it does
2: (laughs) it does really glad
0: it was in January this year
2: me too me Mm -hmm. too well like,
0: yeah i feel I feel the same. Thank you for having me um chat with you because it's nice to like talk positively about things yeah. and um and yeah, hopefully I'll be able to come back to Colorado again <sighs> in, you know I'd I don't know that. in like two years or
2: <laughs> we would love that. We would love to have you back. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends and leave us a review as always. You will find the artist information in the podcast details, and we hope you will visit Brooke's webpage and order some CDs. After the pandemic, should she be in your area, you should absolutely go see her live. We need her poets and truth tellers now more than ever. See you next time on Music at Three Pines, the
1: podcast.